Well, I hope that worship really helped you settle your hearts on God. And uh, man, it's just so good to worship Him. He's so good. No matter where you're at right now today, I believe God's got something for you. And uh, we're going to get into it in our next message in our series, All the Feels, Learning How to Feel Through Times Like These, where we're looking at God's Word and what that has to say about how we process what we're feeling during these crazy times. Man, there's just so much going on. Before we start the message, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for your support and your generosity and your passion for the vision of Grace Free Church. Because of you, we have been able to do some absolutely incredible things when the rest of the world has been shutting things down. Things have been ramping up with what God's doing in and through you, and it's just so exciting. There's two things that I really want you to pay attention to. In September, we're having our one-day event, and we're doing this in a safe way with social distancing, serving our county uh, because we love Schuylkill County and because we love Jesus. We spend one day, one morning, where we all gather this year outside to serve our community. Be paying attention to the announcements and the emails about one day. I'm really hoping all of you could show up. Just imagine what could happen with a thousand people all out serving the community and doing it in a really safe way. Did I mention that? And also be paying attention to our life groups. They're starting back up at the beginning of October, but right now is a really important time for you to get information about how to join a life group, what life groups are all about, and maybe even lead a life group. There's such an incredible opportunity for you to connect on a deeper level with God and with each other, and I just don't want you to miss that opportunity. We do all of these with some very important and strict guidelines in place so that we can ensure the safety of all those who attend. Anyway, let's get into this message. I'm really excited about it. Would you pray with me for a second? Dear God, we just thank you so much for your love for us. We gather together through this technology from all different kinds of places. Our hearts are in all different kinds of places. Our minds are distracted with all different kinds of things. And what we need is you to settle our hearts and minds on you. I mean, show yourself to us. Help us learn from your word. Take me out of the equation. We, we got to know what you have for us today. We trust that you're going to do some big things in somebody's life. That, that somewhere, somebody is going to see something new this, through this service about you and about the life you're calling them to. I just pray that your spirit would move, do your thing, change us to be more like Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. I want to start by reading you a passage that we're going to talk about today. It's a really important passage, and uh, the message for today is called, I'm So Stuck. Paul writes this passage under inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, and I'm going to read 12 through 14, then we're going to jump into it. Check these words out. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. 
forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Today's title is called, I'm So Stuck. What's interesting about this passage and even the book of Philippians, when you dig into it, is where this passage in this book was written to, written from. You see, this book was written by Paul with the Holy Spirit telling him what to write to, to the church in Philippi from prison. In fact, Paul had been, they had been tried in Jerusalem. The, the, the Pharisees, the same Pharisees who had convicted and tried and killed Jesus were trying Paul, and he claimed and called and said, I'm a Roman citizen, I belong in Rome, I appeal to Caesar. And so what happened was the Jewish leaders had to give him over to Rome where he would be tried for all of the crimes that they were holding against him. He didn't do anything wrong. He had just been preaching the gospel, but that preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did, it was a threat to all that they had built, to the fake religion they had been standing on, and so they wanted Paul gone. Here he sits in prison after a long road of ministry, after a bunch of trials, Certain doom impending. And do you know what they call this book? Philippians? I mean, the scholars, the people that study this thing, when they come up with a theme for the book of Philippians, you know what that theme is? It's joy. It's the happy book. This is a letter that is defined by how incredibly joyous it is written. I know you don't even know what a letter is. Just imagine like a really long text that you couldn't hit send to, to get to your buddy because, you know, I don't know, cell service was out. So you actually had to take that really long text and then copy it on paper and then put it in an envelope, buy this crazy thing from the post office called the stamp, smack it on there, stick it in a mailbox. Do you remember what those are? And then send it to them. That's what a letter is. We don't write letters anymore unless we're really cranky usually. <laughs> we don't write letters anymore, but this letter was to a church where Paul is coming to the end of his life, and he's like, I got some important stuff to share to people I love. I'm going to send this letter from prison, and you would expect it to be full of despair and discouragement. You would expect it to be to be hinting at overthrowing a system or changing the government or doing something crazy like that, but yet the story in Philippians is a story of joy. It's, it's so crazy how this letter, when it should have been stuck, you don't, even, you don't even get that feeling in the midst of this. It's not stuck, it's joy. And I have to ask, like, what are you living in right now? What, what's your life looking like, right? Is it, do you, do you feel stuck? Because, I mean, I, I look at our circumstances, and I look at all that's going on, and I feel stuck sometimes. I feel stuck to the point of crazy. Like, I'm getting a little bit of cabin fever right now just because I want to go back to things how they were. Like, I want it to be what it, what it used to be before we even knew the word pandemic was a word. I mean, we probably knew that was a word before. Like, are you feeling stuck or does your heart look more like experiencing joy? 
I love the difference here that Paul has throughout this entire book. And when you come to this passage in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, you get this guy, he is stuck in prison, and yet he's saying, he sits here and he says, I'm not there yet. Like, I'm not taking a hold of what I wanted to take a hold of. I've not already obtained all that I wanted to obtain. I'm not where God's got me yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not where I should be. And I'm like, yeah, you're not where you should be. You're in prison. But Paul's not even talking about his circumstances. He's talking about his heart. Instead of get me out, it was make me more. And I look at my own life and I look at the lives of people around me. Maybe it's time to like check your own life and say, am I, am I just thinking get me out or make me more? Because get you out just flips your circumstances to another circumstance that eventually will be just as disappointing. It'll, be, it'll present just the same trap as any other circumstance can. It'll be a circumstance that'll be filled with different challenges and, and different obstacles that you have to overcome. I don't want to flip my circumstance. I want to flip my heart. I don't want to have an attitude that says, get me out of this. I want to have an attitude that says, get me more. Make me more. Make me somebody better. And Paul's attitude through this passage is, he's like, not get me out of prison. Not I need my freedom back. It's changed me. I'm overwhelmed with some messages I get sent to me every week. Every week, somebody hits my inbox up or my direct messages with a story about what God's been doing in their heart. I love these messages. Please don't stop sharing them. Messages like, man, I just can't believe how deeply I'm getting to know other people in church and Christians, even though we can't really be together. And I really feel God peeling back layers of my heart. Man, I've been going through some really tough stuff. I never thought I'd be back at church, but this online campus has really been helping, and I've been watching it every week. Could you pray for me? I mean, God's still doing some stuff, and I don't want to flip my circumstances. I want to have that heart that says, make me more. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. I'm not there yet, and God's got something for me that's better than what I'm experiencing right now. So I'm going to press on and take hold. Press on. He's in prison and the cry of his heart is, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to press on until I can take hold of what God's got for me. He's got something better for me. He knows the plans he has for you. They're not plans to harm you. They're not plans to bring you down. He has plans that are good for you, plans to prosper you, plans to take you somewhere new. Come on, somebody that's got to break through your view of God. Maybe you have thought that this whole God thing was some boring sidebar with just a get to heaven free card somewhere in it. Maybe you thought you had to endure this whole religion stuff just so you had some fire insurance at the end. It's so much more. God has so much more for you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He gives you purpose and meaning. And he's taking you somewhere better. Somebody should be writing that down, typing it in the chat. 
God's got something better for me. And so Paul, he's in prison. He's probably going to be executed. He's not sure. It's a 50-50 coin flip for the dude. Am I getting my freedom back or am I going to die? There's no in-between at this point. It's all on the table. And when despair could have grabbed him because of the prison he was sitting in, instead he's experiencing joy because he's like, I got to press on. God's got something better for me and maybe you're in a prison it's easy how when you get stuck your circumstances can become the prison that holds your life maybe at some point along the journey you got stuck you got stuck in a relationship you got stuck in a job you got stuck in circumstances you got you, you feel stuck emotionally Because of your past, you just can't let go of some hurts or some wounds, and they're affecting every new relationship. Maybe you got stuck somewhere along the way, and you feel like there is nothing better coming. There's not going to be a change to your life. It's just downhill from here. Maybe at some point, your circumstances became the prison that's keeping you you, can't, you may not be able to change the prison you're in. You may not be able to change the circumstances. But you can change you. And that changes everything. And Paul, he's like, man, I don't know what this prison holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. They may execute me soon. But God's got something better. And I'm going to press on and take I'm not going to quit. I'm going to press on and take hold of it. I'm not going to quit when I feel stuck in this prison. I'm not going to quit when I feel stuck in these circumstances. I'm not going to quit when it feels like all of my world is crashing down around me. I'm not going to quit when I get the bad news from the doctor. I'm not going to quit when I get sick. I'm not going to quit when my finances take an unexpected shot. I'm not going to quit when my enemies gather around me golf clapping at my demise. I'm not going to quit when they try to bury me with their negativity or their complaining. I'm not going to quit when it feels like I'm the only one pulling this thing. I'm the only one carrying any of the weight. I'm not going to quit when my circumstances feel like a prison. I may not be able to change my circumstances, but I can change me. And God's got something more for me. Come on, man. Don't quit. I know... You feel stuck and trapped. Your circumstances have been extremely frustrating. You miss the joy that you had at one time. You miss your optimism about your future. I know some of you are ready to quit, like literally quit right now on your life because you're so depressed and you're so frustrated and you don't see any hope and it just seems like there's not gonna be a turn in the corner. But I know this, Things shift all the time. Things shift. And circumstances change. Don't give up. God's got something better for you. And even if you feel like you're stuck in a prison of your circumstances, you can press forward and take hold of what He has taken you Hold of four. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
You feel stuck. That's okay. Maybe things are about to shift. Maybe your circumstances are going to change. Things always shift and always change. But even if your prison, whether it's one that's just a prison of your heart, whether it's a prison of your, your life or your relationship, don't quit. You may not be able to change your prison, but God's going to change you. And you can experience joy when He has your heart in the middle of any circumstance, no matter how cloudy your future seems. Maybe you got stuck and your circumstances have become a prison. You have to see that no prison can ever hold you if you're a person of faith. It's reflected in the stories of so many people. So many people that have given their lives for their faith. Faced with impossible, terminal circumstances. They refuse to let it crush their heart because people of faith are forward facing. And one day, <laughs> I'm going to be able to, maybe I can't do it today, but one day because of what God's doing in my heart, because of how he's changing me, I'm going to be able to look at death and stare right past it. Because we are forward facing and God has a future for us that's way better than we could have imagined. You know, Galatians 5.1 says this. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. You gotta break free. Christ didn't set you free so that you could stay trapped by your circumstances. He didn't set you free so that you would be stuck with this faulty thinking that your life's never gonna go anywhere, that things are never gonna get any better. He didn't set you free for some doom and gloom perspective on our circumstances or on our culture on our country he didn't set you free so that you could just look around and see all of the negative things and all of the bad things and all of the hurtful things he set you free so that your heart could be free free from sin and free from your circumstances so that you could experience joy anywhere i'm sorry i'm getting so excited today this is something we have to take hold of i gotta take hold of we're trying to preach it deep so that it sinks in and we can't just let it go christ sets you free you don't have to be a prisoner to your circumstances anymore so paul right so because of this this whole thing he's like this perspective is so good he's like so i'm gonna narrow my focus he says that. He says, one thing I do, but, but because of this, therefore, one thing I do. I'm going to do one thing. He narrows his focus. See, it's easy to have focus drift when things are easy. 
You, you can get away with having a focus that's all over the place when there's no pressure in your life. I wonder how much this pandemic has proven that our focus is the problem. We, we've been getting away with this focus that can drift around to all these different things, entertain all these different things, because life has been easy. We've never been tested. Our focus has been all over the place. It's on God on a Sunday morning, for sure. Maybe it's even God on a Wednesday when we're hanging out with our life group homies. I don't know. Maybe our focus is on God when we feel bad or we're a little depressed at night or we ate some bad pizza, but other times our focus is on us and how church makes me feel or how it makes me look. Sometimes our focus is on all the things we can see and all the people we want to, how they make us feel better. Our focus can drift and when life is easy, it's easy to get away with focus drift. But when life gets hard, Man, it shows all those flaws. When the pandemic hits, all of a sudden, we see how our focus has been on the wrong things, and it's why our hearts bend towards complaining about everything. It's why we get so squirmy and selfish and angry and bitter. It's, it's why we get frustrated. It's why we lose our temper so quickly. It's because our focus has been drifting on all the wrong things, and the pressure is proving it. But, Paul here, he's in prison. He's like, I'm going to narrow it down. I got one thing I'm going to do. I got, God's got something better for me. So I got one thing. He narrows his focus. And he, he, says, he says a couple of things in one verse after this. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now this is so important. These verses are so important. If you want to step out of being stuck, if you don't want to be stuck anymore, if you don't want your circumstances to hold all of this control on your life, this next part is so, so important. There's a couple of things here. One, he breaks the power of the past in his life. This is a trap that can hold you very securely. He's like, I forget what's behind. I don't got to go over and rehash the people that treated me misfairly, the people that framed me, the people that have been slandering me. I don't got to live thinking about all the things they've done wrong to me. I don't have to think about the mistakes I've made that have landed me in my circumstances. I don't have to think about the wounds I've suffered that have trapped me. I don't have to think about the betrayal I've faced, and I don't have to have that stuff hold me anymore. When I talk to people, one of the things that keeps them from stepping into future that God has for them the most is that they can't let go of the past. It's a prison they're hanging on to from the outside. See, Christ set you free. He's forgiven your past. He's given you grace for your mistakes. He'll make it white as snow. He puts your sins as far as the east is from the west. Christ has set you free and he will heal your heart. He offers you healing. I know you've experienced some bad stuff back there and some people have done some really terrible things to you. He wants to move you towards healing. And our past is the prison and we hang on to the bars from the outside. You don't have to live haunted by the memories of your past. You don't have to keep clinging 
to that thing that long ago affected you. Let go of your past. Paul's here in prison, plenty of time to reflect, plenty of time to think of the epic failures he had made. Did you know at one point he had overseen the killing of Christians, now the people he called his family? Do you, do you know he had some really terrible things happen to him, some really stressful things happen to him? And here he is, he's like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to focus on the past. Let go of the past and break its power. God's got something better for you. And the second thing is he strains forward. I love that part. I've never talked about that part before. He's straining forward. It's like flex time in the mirror. You know, like dudes, come on, man. You're all like 14, 15, and you have one of those mirrors in your house, and you're all like muscles are just starting to form. They're like little baby muscles, but you think you're all, you're like flexing and like some girl walks by, you're like flexing, strain, you got a vein ready to pop out of your neck because you're trying to impress somebody, right? Like with how big you look. It's, it's like that kind of like strain forward. Maybe your past isn't holding on to you. Maybe you're stuck because you've lost all forward momentum and you think this is all there's ever going to be. Paul's like, I'm in prison, but I'm going to strain forward for what God has for me. I'm going I'm to lean forward. I'm going to push forward. We got to strain out of our circumstances. Some of us, we get stuck and we don't put any effort in. No discipline applied to our lives. We don't ever make any change. We just expect somebody to come along and make it all different. Maybe you've been focusing on your circumstances and not your own heart and what God wants to do for you. And it's time to put in the effort to your own heart. To put some effort and focus into what God wants to do to you. It's not about what you do for God. It's about what he wants to do in you. And it's time to strain into what he wants to do into your heart. I, I forget what's behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. That word there, the Greek word is skopos. You learned something new today right there. It actually means goal marker. I don't know what kind of crazy sports they were playing. I knew they, you know, I'm not going to study history and figure out all the crazy. I know they ran some races and they did some chariot things. And unfortunately for a lot of people, there were eventually gladiator things. Like I'm, but like I know like they, they pressed, they had a goal mark, a goal mark. See, some of you, you're terrible at goals and you don't have any marks in your life. It's time to pick a mark that you're pressing towards. Pick a mark that you are pressing towards in your heart. And for Paul, it should be the same for us. He was pressing towards the goal, the mark, the goal mark to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. It's the same prize that he mentions in verse 12 when he says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. And when you look at these two verses, his goal mark was a couple of things. His goal mark was heaven. He knew that no matter what happened to his body, something better was coming. And if he doesn't experience in this life, well then, to die is gain because he has Christ and he is going to experience God's perfect plan for his life in, in a place 
the way it was always meant to be perfect and pure and holy and full of joy and full of excitement, the best of what this world has to offer you, the best of what you feel in this world, it doesn't compare to what God's for you, got for you next. He was like one, I'm pressing towards the mark and ultimately the mark is heaven. He's called me heavenward through Christ Jesus and my faith in him. Two, the reason for which God took, Christ Jesus took hold of me is his love for me. It's the mark. I got heaven and I also have God's unconditional love for me no matter what happens. He loves you perfectly. Nothing you can do could make him love you less. Nothing you could do could make him love you more. He loves you perfectly right now, right here. It's the unconditional love your heart has been searching for in so many different things. And three, his purpose you see, he said, I forget where he said it, and I can't find it right now. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Like, if I die, I get heaven. If they execute me after this trial, I get, I get heaven, I get to go home. That's my home. That's eternity. My story doesn't end with death. I can stare at death and look right past it, because God's got something more. I, I have heaven and I have God's unconditional love no matter what happens. Nothing can separate me from that love. And I have a purpose. So for me to live is Christ. God's going to use me in this prison cell, through this letter, in that text message I send somebody, in the encouragement I show somebody, in the hope I share with my neighbor. He's going to use me to serve others. He's going to use me to change lives. God's not done with me yet. The best is yet to come and the best is yet to come for you too somebody write that down it's the reminder you have to cling to and wake up to every day the best is yet to come for you if you're a person of faith we are forward-facing people set the mark god loves you your story doesn't end with death and he has a purpose for you set the mark the best is yet to come. Man, I wish we were all ready to scream together and worship together. We're about to in a second. Let's just pray. God, thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you that the best is yet to come for us. We ask you to do what you will do in our hearts. Change our circumstances. Help us break free from the prisons that we've been stuck in and know that you have set us free for freedom's sake, for your purpose. I want to take hold of the reason you've taken hold of me. In Jesus' name, amen.